Those comments were very surprising. My love for Hat goes deep. Some great years together in Green Bay. Thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, sometimes in life you think you got it bad. Right? You think your life sucks. Your work schedule sucks. You don't make enough money. Right, whatever. You're feeling down in the dumps. You feel like you're getting the short end of the stick. And then you see how someone else lives. You see how little someone else has. Right? Oh, that person has way less money than me. That person has to work way harder. That person is in a way worse spot. Right? Think about our sports teams. And sometimes I think, my God, the discourse around the Brewers is so toxic. Or the discourse right now between the Packers fans and the Bears fans on Twitter around Jordan Love and around Justin Fields. Oh, my God, that's toxic. I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Right? Bucks Twitter. I can't stand Bucks Twitter. NBA media, NBA podcasts drives me nuts. Now, I consume all the podcasts and I read all the tweets, but it, it is toxic, right? And I think, God, it's, this is the worst. And then I watched one parentheses one parentheses u.s women's national league game i watched world cup game and then i went on twitter and read the treats it's like oh no 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 this is way worse this is this is actually hell on the internet this is this is hell personified on the planet on on planet earth on the internet this is as bad as it is ever gonna get so if you're ever like wow grant's upset about this grant's annoyed about this callers are really fired up about this this is kind of toxic oh no 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 the discourse around the u.s women's national league team that's the most toxic sports circle that i've ever witnessed i'm not going near that like oh that's a bummer that they lost let's see what people are saying on twitter oh my god yep we're not we're not i'm not touching that so I, I watched a little bit of that uh, over this weekend, read some of the tweets. I was like, okay, maybe maybe talking about the Brewers isn't that bad. Maybe we don't have it so bad. Maybe we're not that toxic in some of our circles and, and among some of our fan bases that we talk about on this show. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. It's good to be back. Thank you so much for... Uh, putting up with me being gone for a week because I get it I listen to a ton of sports radio right and I'm not that narcissistic to think that every one of you listening hangs on every word that I say and you don't miss a minute of every show you build your life around these two hours I know that's not what you do but as someone who listens to a ton of sports radio I know you build your routine right you get up in the morning to go to work or you, you commute to this or that or you run your errands or you work out with certain shows or certain podcasts and when you don't have those shows you don't have those podcasts it's like the worst thing in the entire world it's like wait a minute my favorite radio host takes six days off to be with his favorite what the hell am I supposed to do what am I supposed to listen to when I go to the YMCA what am I supposed to listen to in my headphones when I go to Woodman's to buy my things so I like I get it as a consumer of sports media, it sucks when the show that you're used to is gone. So thank you so much for letting me take a week off. I'm very excited to be back. We're going to have a ton to talk about this week. I feel like football season is here. I have shifted into football mode. Like George Costanza once shifted into soup mode. I don't I don't know when, it ha- when I woke up the other day. I don't know if it was this morning driving in. I For the first time in the year 2023, 
sitting in the studio talking into this microphone, I feel like a football guy. Doesn't mean we're not going to talk about the Brewers. We have a full two hours. We're going to talk about the Brewers tonight, but I think this week represents a little bit of a, a little bit of a shift change, which I'm excited about. I'm very excited about. I, I'm not going to break new ground with Jordan Love. We're still waiting to see what he looks like in a game, but excited to talk about some more football topics and some football stories and different teams and different things this week. Shifting into football mode, like George Costanza once did. 608-321-1670 if you'd like to call and join tonight's show. I would love to have you. I'm also on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, if you want to interact that way. Maybe you have something you want to add to the show, but you don't want to call in. But when did phone calls become such a pain in the... Someone calls me now, and if it's not my mom or like a very close family member, I'm like, are you... This person has, what What kind of set does this person have to call my phone and expect me to answer? So maybe, you're not, maybe you don't want to call in, but you have something to add. You can tweet me. Super quick, super easy. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Can I start the show just by telling you about my vacation for five minutes? Just for five minutes. We got plenty of time for Bruce Pirates. Got plenty of time to talk about family night and what's going on with the Packers. I drove to Montana with a friend last Saturday. We drove back two days ago. Saturday, we went out to visit one of my dearest, dearest, dearest friends, a longtime friend who went to high school with. Uh, he was in the Twin Cities for a while, was in the Midwest, and then he moved out there to become a fishing guide. What a bastard. I know. What a hard life, right? So it's about 15 hours. We drove from St. Paul. We left from St. Paul on, on Saturday morning. I like driving. Uh, and maybe this is a good all-star break conversation for next year. I'm going to file this one away. Like, how long is too long of a drive? Us Midwesterners, we're very prone to hop in the car. It's like, spend $250 on a plane ticket? What do you mean? It's only 18 hours away. You just stop for gas a couple of times. We'll be there before you know it. Like, Midwesterners, we have a disposition for driving. And I don't know where the cutoff is. I feel like if you can leave at 7 a.m., if you can get up at 6.30, brush your teeth, have a bagel, get in the car, get a coffee, and if you're on the road by 7, and if you can get there by 11 p.m., which is basically the window that we had. 15 hours, we left at 6.50, and I think we pulled in at 10.50. If you can do that, I think it's acceptable to drive, assuming you're going to a destination where you need a car. Like, if you're just going to sit on a beach for a week, and you're staying near the beach, and you don't need a car, well, then fly. It's just way easier. But we're fishing. We're camping. We're we're driving around the country. we got to have a car. I don't want to rent a car. That's so expensive. So I'm about the road trip. As long as the drive isn't too long, I feel like one day in the car where you can get there, sit down, have a beer, and settle in before going to bed on, on night one of the vacation. I feel like it's a good window. 7 a.m., 11 p.m., that's, that's doable. I felt also, because we drove, like I was on a little bit of a quest, and I love a good quest. Right? Lord of the Rings, right, when they're traversing the mountains and the woods and the forest. I watched uh, a really good series that I really like. It's on Hulu last week. Uh, it's called Over the Garden Wall. If you're into animated shows, it's not anime, it's animated. That's a quest show. I love a good quest. And I don't feel like I'm on a quest when I fly. But when you drive out there, it's like, well, we're going to drive through Fargo and Moorhead. And I guess we went out on 90, we came back on 94. So we did go through Sturgis and Deadwood and Rapid City and uh, Sioux Falls, which is a very underrated town. The rest of South Dakota, you know, between you and me, the difference between North and South Dakota is it's a big one, okay? The best, the best way I can sum it up is this way. North Dakota realizes that it's North Dakota. North Dakota's like, look, we grow food here. 
We live up here because we like the space. There's not a ton going on. 94 is going out west. If you're road tripping out west, enjoy your time in our state. Stop in Jamestown, right? Stop in Fargo. Stop in Bismarck, right? Stop and get food and and maybe rest your weary head along the way. But we don't need to drag this out. Maybe you want to stop at Roosevelt State Park to see the painted canyons and all that stuff. But if not, enjoy your time here as brief as it may be. And best of luck to you in your travels. That's North Dakota. And I love that about North Dakota. South Dakota is like, hey, see this pile of rocks over here? Uh, it's like the coolest thing ever. You need to stop. We built six hotels, and there's a 1,000 billboards. It's like, no, I don't think I will stop to see your the biggest gravel pile on this side of the Mississippi. Screw you, South Dakota. You know, whoever, respectfully here, whoever set up the South Dakota tourism scheme was very smart. And Mount Rushmore's dope. Sturgis is cool. Deadwood, like those towns all the way on, on the far side. Wall Drug is cool. You got to go once. I was talking about that with Bill earlier today but south dakota the whole drive across that state they're just banging you in the head it's like check out this reptile pond you don't even need to get out of the car we built it right next to the exit ramp it's like just let me let me go this is not i'm not going here i'm going west i'm going past let me please pass in peace and north dakota allows me to do that so short rant north dakota versus south dakota the personality of traveling through both of those states very different but it was quite the quest as I said, I like I like driving because I like a good quest. And on Tuesday night last week, uh, we had been there for a couple of days, and we went down by the lake, which is in the town where I was. And we made a pot of food over a fire, and we were listening to music. We brought a cooler full of beers. We were just enjoying a beautiful southwest Montana night. And we connected with these two folks that were, I don't know, 100 yards down. We had all this extra food that we made. And we went to talk to these folks. It looked like they were camping. It's like, would you like to come over and, and share? We made a big pot of jambalaya. It was very good. Right? Would you like to come down? We're just listening to music, walk over. And they came over in a couple minutes. Turns out that this couple, they're from Vermont. They're from Montpelier. It's Montpelier, right? It's not Montpelier. I, I guess whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. They come down. Turns out these two, it's man and woman. I don't remember the man's name. The woman's name was Anna. I know you needed to know that for the purposes of this story. They're hiking the Continental Divide Trail. I didn't know this was a thing. I knew nothing about this style of hiking. Uh, I believe it's called through hiking. Hiking through through hiking. They're hiking for five months. They started up in Canada, and they're hiking down the Continental Divide. This man and woman, they had been living out of a backpack and sleeping in a tent for well over a month now. I, we had so many questions. We're just banging them around with questions. We're sharing, here, take some more beers. Take some, and I'm like, this is as much social interaction as you guys have probably had in weeks. You're just sitting around the fire having a great time. And I just thought it was cool. It's very quest-like, very Lord of the Rings, right? As we cross this mountain, we bump into these folks who are traveling from here. I don't know. It's it a cool feeling. And I learned a lot about through hiking, which is something that I'm never interested, never interested in doing. I will drive in my car. Or I will fly, or I will fly in a plane. Walking from the north border of the United States to New Mexico, one one could do it. Two, these two were doing it, and I guess there were a couple other people in town who were kind of on the same timeline and the same path. Very interesting, though. And you know, they're from Vermont, kind of hippies. So I'm I'm trying to make connections. The Midwesterner that I am, it's like, hey, I had a cousin that lived in Vermont once, and they're like, what? Well, it's, you know, there's a lot of people that live there. I'm like, yeah, good point. Did you know her name was Mom? You don't know her? Okay. <laughs> and it's like I had to, I had to get that in there because that's the Midwestern thing. We love making connections. And the guy 
hung up with us and was drinking beers. His his wife went to bed in the tent, which is, like I said, 100 yards down. And this guy's hanging around, and he's telling us about all the different places he hiked and all the different places he traveled. And I said, well, you ever been to Lake Superior? Because you know me. I'm a, I'm a big Lake Superior guy. And he was like, yeah, when I was real little, we were, I don't remember where he said. So then we turned off the Grateful Dead music that we were playing, turned on the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And I think we listened to it two times in a row. We were just starting at the third time in a row. And at that point, he went to bed. So I don't know if it was the music or if it was just the natural timing of the evening. But very interesting, very interesting interaction with two people from Vermont. And it was nice, nice to disconnect for a week. Montana is an easy place to disconnect, which... By the way, a little bit of an overrated concept in our society. It's like, it's nice to get away and disconnect. You can disconnect anytime you want. Just put your phone away. Just put it away for it. I drove out with a buddy who I said from St. Paul. He deleted all the apps on his phone except for So he got rid of TikTok, Instagram. He does this a lot. He's like, I'm going on a week break. You can disconnect anytime you like. But sports media is such a connected world like my job necessitates that i'm pretty darn connected because if aaron Rodgers makes some comment about sean payton like the one i played because it was kind of a funny soundbite to start the show if he says something like this on a tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m comments were very surprising my love for hat goes deep some great years together in green bay thought it was way out of line and appropriate and i think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth so if aaron Rodgers makes that comment i need to see it because I need to know that he said that. I need to know if 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 it's impacting the sports at all. Like, we're going to talk about it. So I need to be on Twitter, and I need to see what Aaron Rodgers is saying. Or, or to a greater extent, what's going on with the Brewers? What's the lineup? What's Craig Council's? I, it's a very connected job, right? So last week, I was still connected. I checked Twitter at night before bed. But for the most, you know, mostly throughout the day, I was doing other things. We were fishing, we're just sitting outside, just drinking beers in cool places is mostly what vacation is for me. Me, right? And I kept looking at Twitter before I went to bed and thinking, okay, so if I was at work, this would have been my life today. This would have been my everything today. This would have, I would have put two hours of my life into this tiny little video that was trending this afternoon. This video that was trending on August 4th and that we'll we'll never think about it again. But on August 4th, at 2 p.m. or, you know, whenever the video came out. This was the most important thing in the world and the most important thing to me and my job. And that was kind of funny. That was interesting. Because all these stories, I'm like, well, this is dumb. You're telling me if I would have been working today, I would have, this would have been the whole day. Ah, wow, that's interesting. And all of the stories that I saw last week and the little bits of content, they kind of seemed dumb for that reason. Like these comments from Adam Shine about Jordan Love. I saw these before bed and I thought, if I would have been at work today, this would have been my everything. How about in the NFC? The Green Bay Packers offense is going to be fine with Jordan Love. Love. I loathe love. Despise love. I mean, everyone looks great during preseason practices, except apparently for Jordan Love, who by his own admission has struggled. And you have players on defense calling out the offense and just take a look at these notes, according to Matt Schneidman, from his piece in The Athletic. I mean, this is a flat-out debacle. It's also predictable because Jordan Love can't play football. So I'm reading a graphic here that's on the screen. This is a clip from uh, CBS Sports HQ. It's the CBS Sports Network, and they have you know shows throughout the day. One of the bullet points on this graphic says, whichever side 
parentheses, offense or defense, loses the period, does either up-downs or push-ups. Why is that relevant to everything? I'm, I'm reading this. I was like, this is so dumb. There are grown men on TV breaking this down with a microscope. All right, Packers fans versus Adam Shine and CBS Sports Network last week. It's like, man, that, that would have been my life. Family night on Saturday. We're breaking down David Bakhtiari's practice schedule in detail. Well, Bakhtiari isn't dressing tonight. If we, if we do his every other day schedule, he practiced on Wednesday. Uh, he had Thursday off, right? No, he should be practicing tonight. Why is he not practicing? Oh, my God. I can't do the David Bakhtiari tracking day-to-day, at least not before the season starts. I can't do the David Bakhtiari thing. We just finished the is Yelich back thing. I can't now have another thing that we need to monitor every single day. Then Jordan Love made this sidearm throw during family night to Aaron Jones. It's like, oh, that was kind of a cool throw. And then everyone in the replies, Packers fans, Bears fans, arguing about whether or not this would have been a sack in a real game. It's like, guys, but it's not a real game. It's a practice. Who cares? Oh, my God, who cares? Oregon and Washington joined the Big Ten while I was gone? Huh? So I'm seeing these stories on Twitter before I go to bed last week. It's like, man, this, what an absurd job I have. What an absurd activity we all engage in every night from four to six. How much fun is this? I want to talk about some of these stories. This Adam Shine story is very funny. Family night, a couple of bullet points to take away. Not many because it's a practice. We're not overdoing it with family night, but there are a couple things that we can talk about. I do want to talk about college football realignment tonight. And, of course, I do want to talk about the Brewers who split a weekend series with the Pirates. On one hand, they were lucky to win two of four because Saturday night was a little fluky. Blake Perkins, the walk-off in the 10th, also feels like they left a lot of meat on the bone against a very, very down bad Pirates team. But it always feels that way with the Brewers. They lose to these bad teams. It's like, well, there's a missed opportunity. So I want to talk about all that tonight. Some NFL things. We're really going to ramp up football talk this week, which I love. 608 321-1670, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, back from nice vacation last week. Thank you again for allowing me to leave uh, and patiently waiting for my return. Again, I know not all of you base your entire day around this show, but I get it because I'm a big content consumer myself. It sucks when your uh, shows, when your hosts are off schedule. Bill Simmons has been off for a couple weeks, came back this weekend just to slam... The United States uh, women's national team, which is pretty funny. I don't know what to do with that team. It's like on one hand, people are going way over the top, ripping them and complaining about them for reasons that I think are unfair. But on the other hand, they kind of poop the bed, right? They're supposed to be this juggernaut team and they were shut out two games in a row, right? They drew nil nil and then they were getting criticized for celebrating after that. And yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not touching that today. Uh, but Bill Simmons had to make a return just to just to talk about it. Talking a little bit about road tripping. I like driving if I'm going somewhere, if I can leave around 7 a.m. Because getting up to leave to drive somewhere at, at 5 or 6, mm-mm. I, I can't do that on vacation. I will leave no earlier than 7, and I would like to arrive no later than 11 p.m. And if you're coming back 
right, from the West Coast and you lose an hour, okay, well, that's factored in, right? So then you would be getting back by midnight. That's acceptable. Whereas if you're going the other way, you're getting there by 11 because you pick up an hour. You know how it is. Uh, Dichotomy tweets at me at Wisco Grant. He says, when I was younger, I could drive for days. Now that I'm older, I don't want to drive more than a day. Correct. I will never do anything longer than 15, 16 hours. The worst is when you're driving and it's daytime and you know that you will not reach your destination until the sun goes down and comes back up again. That is a mental mountain that even I am not capable of climbing. And I mental toughness when it comes to road trip, I'm pretty good. I can hang, okay? I don't get beaten down. I don't get discouraged. Right, I'm the one who's watching that GPS. Oh, nine hours left. As soon as it goes to 8.59, I'm the one hyping the car up. Yep, we're from nine hours to eight. Let's turn that eight into a seven, a seven to a six. I'm hyping up the, the team in the car, okay? But if you are driving somewhere, you're road tripping somewhere, and you know you won't reach your destination until it gets dark and then gets light again, mm-mm, I'm out. It's got to be a plane ride. Got to rent the car. E- even if you're going somewhere on a vacation where you need a car, I'm going to rent a car because I-, I can't do the mental mountain of of Daytime, nighttime, daytime again. It's too much. A little bit of Brewers breaking news. Willie Adamas isn't in the lineup tonight. Willie Adamas has been poor. I don't know if the best course of action is to pull him out of the lineup completely. Uh, Onabam fan on Twitter, who is the the preeminent leader, uh, leading voice, at least in the Brewers Twitter space, makes a good point. He says, we have heard your concerns about Willie Adamas in the lineup, and this has been addressed. Please enjoy Tyrone Taylor. Yep, <laughs> that's that's what it comes down to. I was listening to Tim Allen's postgame show, which is on the game in Milwaukee. I know they're a competitor, but he was on Bill's show a couple weeks ago. So I feel like we can we can talk about Tim and not pretend that he doesn't exist, like he's Voldemort or like another station is is the evil empire or whatever. But I was listening to Tim's postgame show yesterday, and I have all these callers saying, why is it Tyrone Taylor playing? Why? Okay, but if Tyrone Taylor would have played yesterday and the Brewers would have lost, then we'd be bitching that Andrew Monasterio wasn't playing. Or, or we'd complain that Blake Perkins wasn't in the lineup. It's just a lot of, I don't want to say crap, is a lot of players who aren't hitting the ball. And you can slide the ingredients around and you can take ingredients out and put ingredients back in, but you're still going to get the same mid meal. This Brewers offense just doesn't have enough bats. And Canna hasn't been that guy yet. Uh, uh, I just want to say Carlos Gonzalez. Carlos Santana hasn't been that guy either. I actually, Carlos Gomez is what wants to come out of my mouth, but I have to stop myself. So no Willie Adamas tonight. He didn't arrive until 4 p.m. today, two and a half hours later than he usually does at manager's orders, according to Kurt Hogue, who tweeted that four minutes ago. So a little bit of a getaway day from Willie. Let's take some time, relax, because you're hitting like ass right now, Willie. So please do something different. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Clem Head Mike from Chippewa Falls. Clem Head Mike from Chippewa Falls. Mike, I was... um. I was near your neck of the woods this weekend. I don't want to say right there, because last time I said that, someone got mad at me. I realized 94 does not go directly through Chippewa. But I was, clo- I was close. I was close. I'll make sure to specify this time. Yeah. God. Well, that's great. I'm glad to have you. You don't want to move here. Yeah, it was, well, I do love Chippewa. It's very close to Liney's. I couldn't get Liney's light out in Montana. I could get Rainier, and I could get Miller light, but I couldn't get Liney's light, and that kind of sucked. Yeah, well, I, I'm not a Liney's fan, so... Um, <laughs> Oddly, we haven't lived here for so long. But, um, yeah, on a Bill Michaels live stream today, somebody went after my man, Mike Clemens. No. But he was a he was not 
you know, he he wasn't objective, and he he's a pro vaxxer and he's a liberal and all this stuff. I thought, what the hell is I have to do with Dude, the reporting? Those, said, those Bill Michaels said, live streams are. I mean, that's a that's a live war zone in there, man. You're getting in the it, trenches. It was a nasty one day. There was a couple of guys in there that were so negative. I remember this one guy that I stuck up. I remember uh, you were on the Bill Michaels huddle last season and. Uh, he was ripping on you and your callers. Remember, you said, "Rip on me, I'm a man." But he was ripping on the callers. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. And someone came after my callers. I pulled the Mike Gunny. I was like, "Rip on me, I'm a man. I can handle it." But I think most of my callers are older than me, so I think that's probably the other yeah. way around. But yeah, you were defending Mike. You had to defend your guy. I said he's the best in the business. Back off! I exclamation point. If I saw this guy in person, I'd probably take him out. Not just. Verbally. Sock, sock him. Oh, 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 of course. Verbally between it. So do you think, <laughs> did people not think that Mike Clemens was critical enough after family night? I, I just, it's family night. What do you want him to say? Jordan Love is inaccurate and this and that. It's it's a glorified scrimmage. I'm going to say every fan base in the NFL, well, almost every fan base in the NFL right now is worried their quarterback isn't accurate. You know, he hasn't thrown in how many months. Sure. This guy isn't, isn't looking great. I mean, I, all of us have these same uh, worries and concerns but you know it was so much worse when i was young your parents probably weren't even born yet when the packers used to play six preseason games and 14 regular season games it was a freaking nightmare because it took forever it was six weeks of preseason after training camp and like it was we have a pretty well we have a pretty good right now <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, Jordan Love, he's made some flashy throws. He's missed some throws. We're not going to yeah. know. We're, and we've known this, Mike. We've known this since April that we need yeah. to wait until week one, right? It, it, yeah. He's checked the boxes in the offseason that I, I need to see checked, right? He seems to, to have all the teammates with him, and everyone's excited, and I don't know. It, there's just only so much yeah. you can say about Jordan Love, and, and there's only so much you can see under the microscope until the games actually start. Yeah, and then people are going after Bakhtiari big time, saying he needs to be traded. He's not good anymore, and I was sticking up for him. And then I remember uh, one week, one of the weeks, well, three weeks ago, maybe, somebody went after you. They said, uh, Grant Bills will never fill Austin's shoes. I said, you freaking idiot. Have you ever listened to his show? And the guy actually asked me when when you were on what channel, so I told him. But I'll never fill Austin's shoes. There's some people on that live stream, man. I would Dude, it's a war zone. This guy named Dwayne's on there every day, and he's, you know, he calls the Packers Packers. He's just, he's just a horrible, horrible nightmare to deal with. And uh, I try to deal with him, be really kind. You'll kill him with kindness, but that doesn't work. So everybody hates him. (laughs) Well, I respect you for killing us with kindness on this show, Mike. I appreciate it. And uh, best of luck fighting that battle in the Bill Michaels live stream because that sounds like a tough place to be. Yeah. Well, I'll, I keep. You know, I keep trying to try to be nice. I mean, like the, like the guy said on Patrick Swayze said on the uh, Roadhouse, be nice. Mm. If they're mean to you, be nice. I mean, mm. you know, you, you, when people want confrontation, if you give them, you know, courteous responses and stuff, then they start to realize, God, I'm not having the effect I wanted. So, you know, we need a little <laughs> bit of this, Mike. We need this positive messaging. I have a couple positives to take away from family night. I think I want to talk about family night next. Mike, I appreciate you and keep spreading the good word in, in yeah. the live stream from 10 to 2. Thanks. <laughs> appreciate you too. Bye. Clubhead Mike. That's Mike in Chippewa Falls. <laughs> it's just in the Bill Michaels live stream. Live bullets from 10 to 2 on the YouTube stream or on Facebook or wherever you're commenting. F- family night on Saturday was not about Jordan Love to me. Although, He's the new quarterback, 
We're all focusing on him, and we're paying attention to every throw that he makes. But, you know, I actually was more happy and more pleased and, and was paying more attention to Anders Carlson, the kicker. Because throughout camp, it wasn't great. I mean, what does that mean? Well, some kicker was missing kicks in camp. I don't know. It's a practice field. We're going on what we have to go on, which isn't a ton, right? Training camp and, and certain scrimmages and practices, we can only take so much away from it. But Anders Carlson having a really good night under the lights in front of the crowd, maybe he just needed the stakes to go up. Maybe he just needed 70,000 people under the lights at Lambeau Field. Maybe he needed that put a little bit of a, a fire up his his rear end. I don't know. But but Anders Carlson hitting some kicks and hitting bombs too, right? And and like Steph Curry had this this sea change in basketball where all of a sudden kids and the younger generation shooting threes and really expanding the range of, of what is and what isn't a good shot or what can and, and can't be a good shot. Those deep threes are not good shots for most players, but for some, they can be. Right, and, and that's because of Steph Curry. I wonder with, you know, Justin Tucker, all these kickers want to hit 50-plus yard bombs, and, and that's been the story with Anders Carlson, or at least what I've read with certain Packers media members is, we're going to pull our hair out because occasionally he's going to miss an easy kick that Mason Crosby would hit, but he's going to bring the leg to hit 50, 55 yarders that maybe an aging Mason Crosby wouldn't have had, which I get. I still don't always love the idea of a 50, 55 yard field goal because it's a low percentage play and you're risking field position, but maybe there's a similar effect that's been brought on by Justin Tucker in recent years where all these college kickers now maybe a little shaky 30, 40 yards, but you get out around 50, 51. Some of these kickers are getting crazy good. Maybe there's a Justin Tucker, Steph Curry parallel to be drawn. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll think more about that. We can talk more about that in Anders Carlson as the season gets closer. I also saw a lot of negative comments about Josh Myers, the center. We were talking about that on Bill's show earlier today, so that's a, a position, uh, the center position, and a player, Josh Myers, certainly worth following. I was thinking a lot more about Anders Carlson and Josh Myers and David Bakhtiari than I was you know, uh, uh, over Jordan Love from Family Night. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hello? Hello, are you there? Hello, hello. Going once, going twice. All right. Let's try line one. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Uh, this is Hector in Onalaska. Hector in Onalaska. How are you doing, you son of a gun? You know, if I was any better, Grant, I would be very suspicious. Of, uh, very suspicious. Of, of what's that, Hector? Of, some, of something terrible around the corner. Because when things get too good, you know, oh. the world's got to reel you back in. Oh. Are things so, getting too good for you? Things are going very well, oh. I would say. Explain. Tell us more. Uh, work's going good. All right. You know, moving my way on up. Uh, the girls start school here in Alaska in about <laughs> a week or so. Get them out of the house? Uh, heck yeah. And two of them, the older two, are now in school full time, which is awesome because then we'll get to find some unsuspecting in-home babysitter to unleash the baby on, um, who is now, she's going to be three in November, but she is now wearing the same size clothes as my middle child, who is five. Wow. So she's a she's built like a tank. Um, so yeah, things are going good. Old lady's happy. So, I mean, she hasn't told me otherwise. Uh, and yeah, all the boxes are checked right now, Grant. The only thing missing is 
um, my football season, and I'm currently in the middle of the most grueling, long dynasty draft. Uh, so it's kind of getting, you know, just just giving me just enough to keep going. So, so you you say that things are going too good, and and you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Are you waiting for the the sports shoe to drop? Like, are you worried about your Ravens or your Clippers or one of the other random teams that you cheer for for seemingly no apparent reason? I am. Um, the only team I'm really worried about this year for my personal self is uh, Michigan because uh, you never know what you're going to get, um, especially with all the changes and whatnot the, with new teams coming. Harbaugh, mm, I'm a big Harbaugh guy. You know that because yeah. John. I am too. Jim, Jim just uh, Jim needs to get it together. I mean, how can you – He's he's kind of riding the Mike McCarthy train right now where he's getting us just far enough that everybody is happy, but you can't get you to that uh, next level, and you kind of got to move on from him now. I can't that's believe just I can't, I can't get behind. I, you know, I'm a Badger guy. I don't give a dang about Michigan, but come on. Harbaugh, you guys are, what, second, third best team in the country right now? I think you're right up there yeah. with Georgia. You're We're right up there with Ohio. You beat Ohio State two years in a row. What do you mean you want to get rid of Jim Harbaugh? Listen. That's that's the players, okay? I'm not giving Jim any more extra credit until he does something this year that he hasn't already done. I mean, he recruited the players, but I'm a Harbaugh guy. I'm surprised with you, Hector. This is this is not common this is sense. Thing. This is hot takery from right. you. This is this is, but Jim only. John, nothing but praise. And um, I am one other thing to share. Okay. I will make, take real good notes next week because. Me and a couple of buddies are actually going uh, up to uh, watch the Packers uh, joint uh, practices with the Bengals and Patriots. So we'll be up there 16th, 17th, and 18th um, at Lambeau Field. So I'm very excited. I've only been there one time, and it was in the middle of the winter. Well, I watched the Ravens beat the Packers 23-0. to zero. Um, That was the year that you had Brett Hundley, I'm pretty sure. I was going to say, I, I must have removed that from my memory. I remember going to Packers-Ravens yeah. in 2009. I think it was a Monday night game. I remember my dad took me. That was my first Packers game. But I don't, I don't right. remember the game you're talking about. Well, enjoy joint practices. And, Hector, please write down one or two very specific observations that only you will notice and report back and, and share them with us on the show. That sounds like a perfect idea. I will do that. Hell yeah. Appreciate you, Hector. Have a good night. You as well. Hector in on Alaska. Life's going good for Hector. That's what, you know, that's what we like to hear. You'll be hard pressed to find two more positive calls than the two we just had from Mike and Chippewa Falls and Hector in on Alaska. I will probably not be at joint practices, although you bet your patootie Mike Clements will be there. He's going to be in Cincinnati this week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I will be in for Bill Michaels the second half of the week, and I talked to Mike today. I was like, well, we got to get you on at some point. So we'll hear from Mike on this show at some point this week, whenever it works with his, his travel schedule. I don't know if he's driving or flying. Maybe we can get his opinion on on exactly when you drive and when you fly. I think it's... You know, anywhere from 12 to 15 hours, I can hack it in the car. Anything past that, it's a little much. I can't do it. We'll keep talking Packers. I have some NFL big picture things that I want to discuss. Mike Sando's quarterback tiers came out. A couple of surprises in there. A couple of players that aren't surprising. Jordan Love down at the bottom. That's not surprising at all. At some point tonight, I want to talk about uh, the Big Ten adding 
Oregon and adding Washington. I just think it's funny and entertaining. College football is never going back to what it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20. So the sooner we accept that and deal with the reality in which we are beginning to live now, I think the better we will all be for it. So I want to talk conference realignment. We can talk Brewers. We can talk more Packers, NFL. So much to get to tonight. A lot to get to. Let's take a break. We're back in five minutes on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. College realignment, Brewers. Going to do both of those things in the second hour of the show. The Big Ten's got Oregon and Washington now. I think it's kind of cool, but maybe I'm not the best person to ask. I'm also not the worst. I'm transitioning from college football casual to college football regular. So we'll talk some college football in the 5 o'clock hour. Brewers as well. Willie Thomas out of the lineup tonight. I have some quotes from Craig Council. Quotes from Willie Adamas being shared by a friend of show, Adam McAlvey. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So that's coming up right now. We're talking Packers, family night, NFL. Really feels like the NFL is is starting to be real. I'm shifting into football mode this week. Mike Sando's quarterback tears came out, and it's now August. It's no longer July, so just a lot of reasons to really switch into football mode this week. 608-321-1670. Cone Roller is here. Good afternoon, Cone. Hello. Grant, welcome back. And, you know, Willie Adamas taking off during the most important time of the season. What is he, Grant Bills? Uh, uh, okay. Here's the thing. I took off the, the second best time I could have. The best time for me to take off is when Bill took off, the All-Star break. But not everyone can take off the perfect week to take off because then there would be no one here to do radio. So I, I had to wait just a little bit, which means I missed the trade deadline. But honestly, Cone, did you need to hear what I said about Mark Canna? Like, I, I don't even know what he does or what he is. I, I don't know. Exactly. I don't either, but that's where we need <laughs> that's, you to tell that's us. That's my job. You're right. That's Yeah, I'm dropping the ball on that one. I don't know. He's Mark Canna. He's a random white guy who plays all over. He's a mid at bat who can play different positions. There you go. It's a it's a Matt Arnold wet dream. Yeah, no, seriously. I liked Carlos Santana. I loved that addition. I talked about it the week before I left. I, I was kind of my my trade deadline bullet. I fired it before I left, and now I'm done. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, appreciate the breakdown you just gave. That's all I need to know. Shut up. Um, but you know, I was in L.A. last week scouting out future big 10 country and now tomorrow with the addition of washington and oregon i'm actually flying up to seattle to check out uw because we're in an interesting dilemma now here with washington joining the big 10 because who is the true uw is it wisconsin or is it washington so i think nationally it's washington i think in the state we ref- it's UW Lacrosse, UW Eau Claire. The UW is a moniker that we use in the state. And in this state, I think we just call UW Madison Madison. So I don't think it's an issue. I don't think it's an issue at all. I think UW is is Washington officially. We might say it casually, but I think UW is Washington. They kind of own that, don't you think? Sadly, yes. I always hated that the the college system here switched over to UW Lacrosse. UW Madison because it kind of puts Madison on another on the same level as 
you know, the Platteville's and the lacrosse's of the world. It's it the same system. The it's the same system, Cone. It is, but not the same universities. Yeah, well, pretty close in some instances, academics-wise and, and athletics-wise. The WIAC, by the way, now is the true conference of champions after the Pac-12 is is just, I guess, going to disband. Yeah, pretty sad what's happening to the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, not sure how big of college sports fans there are on the West Coast, but I'm sure there's junkies just like you and me out there that are probably really pissed today. Yeah, that's a bummer. I don't know. They'll get over it. What do you think of family night? Oh, my God. Best thing ever jordan love was looking like patrick mahomes i am ready to <laughs> ride the love train super bowl baby no not at all um i think it's there's a lot of overreaction like packer fans are flexing their muscles over the bears with attendance at family night it's like kind of a weird fight to pick i think but whatever is there it's passion. You know, we're, you can't say we're not passionate. It's very bizarre because if I see a clip on Twitter of Justin Fields doing something super cool, I click on the tweet and all the replies are Packers fans running back. You saw Bears still suck. And then if I see a clip of Jordan Love, oh, look at this cool throw he made. All the replies are Bears fans saying Justin Fields clears Jordan Love suck. Like we're more interested in the other guy, it would seem, at least on Twitter. I know Twitter's not real life, but it's, I don't know, It's it's a little bit of a a microcosm for real life. Yeah, it's the it's the public courtyard of discourse. Yeah, or whatever Elon. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the town square. Can. Yeah, yeah, that's the it. town square. That's what it is. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know. At least our kicker doesn't stink. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not really going to have a Jordan Love opinion until week one. I also had a question on the kicker. Like, like, oh, he's 16 of 27 in camp. Like. Shouldn't we have him kicking more field goals in like live situations <laughs> yeah. than twenty seven? Like he's only you're, you're telling me he's only kicked twenty five times. Training camp's been going on for two weeks. What's he doing all day? That's a good point, right? Like I'm sure he's still getting his kicks in and like, but they're just not counted. Or I don't know. It's so stupid. And it's which ones? The, which ones count towards the actual tally that people are? Yeah, that's a good point. Right. So, I don't know. That's just one of the things that comes out of training camp just to make a story of it, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. Training camp just breaks a lot of people's brains, I think. It does. A weird. Yeah. You know, you're craving for football, but all you have to really hold on to is Jordan Love had a great deep ball to Christian Watkin today. It's like, okay. It wasn't completed, but that wasn't Jordan Love's fault, and it also wasn't. Christian Watson's fault and the defender also was in the right spot like I don't know we just we don't blame anyone we don't praise anyone it's I don't know it's a big tease hey, but it, it's great that the offense finally won their second <laughs> and made the defense do up downs I bet that oh had to feel God. real good it makes me want to jump off a bridge when I when I see a clip of CBS Sports HQ and Adam Shine's breaking it down he's like well the loser of a period has to do up downs or burpees it's like this is not gym class this is not that serious I don't know so I'm with you. I got to take one more break of the hour cone. Do you have anything else to say before I let you go? Um, Brewers. I'm getting a little worried about the Cubs coming for the division. Yeah. They just got, they're just hot right now. They got the momentum. They do have a pretty solid roster. So we'll see what happens. It'll be a fun. Uh, I think they got 49 games left 48 after tonight. Yeah. If they play tonight, not sure, but um, yeah, should be a fun little last 50 game stretch of the season. So let's go Brewers and screw the Cubs. Thanks, Cohen. Safe travels to Seattle.
And there you go. All right. There you go. Screw the screw the Cubs. Three minutes. We'll wrap up our number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show Cone got me all messed up here about Anders Carlson, right? And the count, uh, everyone keeping track of how many kicks he's taken, how many kicks he's missed in camp. I'm trying to find the latest total, the updated total of all right in camp. As as Cone said, you know he's 21 of 27 or whatever. Here it is, Match Nideman, as of Saturday. Goes three for three on his first three field goals inside Lambeau. Now 19 for 30 on field goals this camp. That's a good point. What's he doing every day? 30 kicks. That's nothing, right? Or or maybe kickers get hurt. Maybe they can't actually kick that many balls. I don't know. It just seems like that's not very many. (laughs) It's not very many kicks. Maybe get some more reps. Get some more practice, maybe. Maybe. I think Willie Adamas needs more practice. He needs more reps. But Craig Council and the Brewers have decided uh, you actually need to take a little time off. He was given most of the day off today. He's not in the lineup tonight. We'll talk about that coming up. Bryce Trang is going to play shortstop. And Sal Freelich is going to make his major league debut in center field. Also, for those of you who've been clamoring for Tyrone Taylor, he's in the lineup tonight. Good luck with that. Is what I would tell you. Well, why does Joey Weimer get to play every day? Why, why isn't Tyrone Taylor getting any chances? Well, Tyrone Taylor's hitting like 160, but here he Put him in. He's in the lineup tonight. Have fun. Enjoy that. We'll talk Brewers. I also want to talk college football realignment before 6 o'clock as well. Oregon and Washington, now members of the Big Ten. We're absolutely going to talk about that tonight. Another hour of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. Stick around. First, an update from our guy, Zach Heilprin. Those comments were very surprising. My love for Hat goes deep. Some great years together in Green Bay. Thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to talk Brewers as we get closer to 6 o'clock. I want to talk college football realignment coming up here in a minute. But before we move on from family night and Packers training camp and NFL discourse or whatever it is we've been talking about, I forgot to mention, how is it that Sean Clifford somehow looked great at family night? Like Jordan Love was fourth or fifth maybe on my list of players that I saw stories about and that I saw comments about. I saw Anders Carlson had a great night. Josh Myers continues to kind of suck. And then I saw all of these different things about how Sean Clifford looked great. I said, wait, 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 wait a minute. Everyone, including Packers fans, a lot of Packers fans were like, why the hell are we drafting Sean Clifford in whatever it was, the fifth round? The guy never even looked good in college. Maybe, maybe, just maybe 
the University of Wisconsin lacrosse's Brian Gutekunst knew something that we didn't. I forgot about Sean Clifford. The only reason I thought to mention this is because I got an email from our friend Mike Clements with some Sean Clifford audio. Now, we're probably not going to listen to it, at least not tonight, but I was like, holy smokes, I forgot Sean Clifford was somehow awesome on Saturday. I did not have that on my bingo card. I would have not bet money on that happening, even just at family night on Saturday night in Green Bay. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. It's good to be back after being on vacation last week. Well, that's only partly true. Like, I I would love to still be on vacation, but you know that's not how life works. There's so much to talk about this week. That excites me. I'm excited to be back to talk about Packers' first preseason game coming up on Friday night and what's going on with the Brewers. They split a weekend series against the Pirates. Willie Adamas, not even in the lineup tonight. And I want to talk about now all of a sudden Oregon and Washington, members of the Big Ten. I like college football talk sometimes. I don't like talking about the -the run-of-the-mill random Saturday game against Maryland and Ohio State or Purdue and Minnesota. But college football, maybe even more so than the NFL, has a great way of, 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 I guess, starting conversation that's football adjacent. Like, I love the constant debate about which team should be in the playoff. I love that. That's that's because that's a conversation that you can never win or lose. It just goes and goes and goes forever. And we don't have that in the NFL or in Major League Baseball. That's a, that's a unique to college football or conference realignment or this coach did that and this recruit did. College football is really good at giving us stories and talking points that sometimes are off the field. And I really, really love that part of college football. Well, a lot of the games suck. Because a lot of the games are Ohio State, Maryland, right? But Within that Ohio State-Maryland game, you zoom out, that game is a part of a bigger puzzle of how the Big Ten landscape falls, now the college football playoff landscape falls, how the team's resumes come together. I bet all this is music to Vagabond John's ears, 608-321-1670. What's up, Vagabond John? Happy Monday, Grant. How are we, uh, how are we living? Are we, are we enjoying the cool, the cool 80-degree temperatures after weeks of 90s? Uh, I am. I am. You sound a little stuffy, Vagabond John. I heard this morning that you are uh, getting your nose fixed up. So I woke up from anesthesia about 37 minutes ago. Wait. And uh, and heavily on oxycodone right now. So I do not take responsibility Wait, for you, any of my takes. You had your operation out. today? Yeah, we are. Uh, we just pulled in the Melios uh, for my post-surgery meal. <laughs> oh my god! Literally leaving the Madison Surgery Center on Park Street. And I told my fiance, I said, "You know what? Some, some of my favorite things to do is to call into Sports Talk Radio when I am, let's just put it nicely, high as balls." <laughs> so that's that's where I am at right now. How are you? I. I'm really good. I am because I am. I think Vagabond John, you would agree. I am not in and of college football every day. Like, I'm not a degenerate like our friend Zach Heilbrin or or like my friend Ben Kenny before me, but I love college football when it gives us these awesome stories to talk about. And I think Washington and Oregon joining the Big Ten next year, they, they will be coming in the same time as USC, UCLA. This is not out in the distance. I think this is wildly fascinating, and I know a lot of people hate it. I think it's really interesting, and it's going to make for really good conversation. In terms of the long term, like everybody's just got to relax on this is the death of college sports, et cetera, et cetera. We have no idea how this is going to impact the long term. It's going to be really difficult to see kind of the even the 10 year effects on what this means. 
But what we as Badger Nation can absolutely say today is this is a hell of a lot more exciting across all sports than adding Maryland and Rutgers. Yeah. So that happened my sophomore year of college. Those guys, those clowns came to the Big Ten. And we were thinking, you know, what the heck is going on here? So for Washington, Oregon, USC, and UCLA, you know, as a guy who goes to quite a few away games, got my uh, Purdue tickets booked last week, uh, yeah, heck yeah, bring it on. This is way more exciting. I don't want to fly to Piscataway to go see Wisconsin play Rutgers, but I sure as heck want to go to Oregon and go to Eugene and see that stadium. So I think from a pure fan and co- enjoying college football perspective, if you're complaining about this, you, I don't really know why. Yeah. Uh, well, These teams fly private. These teams, yeah. I, I used to fly with the team, with the cheerleading team, right? The, the travel's not bad. And I think that's the part that, you know, people will harp on. Don't get me wrong. It's bad for the JV tennis team. That Those kids, and, and I forget which coach said it, um, but that, that guy had a point uh, for sure. But if we're just talking football and basketball, this is an exciting move for fans, and it's going to reinvigorate college football more. We're adding a ninth conference game, which means we don't need to see Western Louisiana Tech uh, Panthers playing in Camp Randall. So I, I'm all in it. I'm 100% on board with this move. Yeah, I, I think Colin Cowherd made a good point on his show today. You know I'm a Cowherd guy. He, he said college football has a bad game problem, that on any given weekend you have Ohio State, Maryland, right? You, you have these super lopsided games, and there's always going to be lopsided games to some degree, but if you can take two games and make two games a year for every team's schedule more interesting, that, that's a massive boon for the sport because I'm not watching every Ohio State game every weekend. What I do is I watch the Badgers, and I'm like, okay, Is there a big tilt in the SEC? Oh, Bama, Tennessee, that's tonight. Okay, I'll circle that one. I'll watch it. Or or tonight is USC, Utah. Okay, I'll watch it. I'll watch the Badgers and then find maybe one or two other big games week to week. But week to week, they're always going to be different teams. I think the frequency with which good teams and big brands are matched up against each other is going to be a lot higher. Well, not this year, but when this happens, USC, UCLA, and, and Washington and Oregon join the Big Ten. And why is this happening, right? I'm going to pull the ESPN guy. I've got my two fingers waving back and forth. Why is this happening? Yeah. I forget the guy's name. Uh, It's the college football playoff expansion, right? I mean, when you think about why did teams, why do we have so many crappy college football games over the last 30 years? It's because major programs, particularly Wisconsin, particularly you know, the teams who don't have, you know, kind of the blue blood brand, blue blood brand uh, you're terrified to go play a game you might lose. So you want as many cupcakes on the schedule because that's how you ultimately compete for a national championship. Now, if we move to eight and, and eventually to 16 teams here, you can afford to go out to Eugene and lose in week three. Sure. You know, you can afford to go out and lose a couple games and still have a chance to play for the pack or uh, for a, for a championship. I mean, you know, the NFL has that figured out. The Packers, the last Super Bowl they won, they were a wild card team, right? The best teams, football is an up and down sport. The best teams have to be allowed a little wiggle room. And will it discount uh, the importance of every game? Well, to your point, Right now, we've got three or four games every year that we don't give a crap about. Yeah. I mean, awesome. Army's coming to Camp Randall. 
but I'm not super excited. Hey, to I was at that game, game, and it was not a it was not a great it wasn't great. But, but I was there. So I was there. I think for overall viewing of college football for the TV rights, I think attendance at games. You look at the Badger home slate this year; it's off the charts. And I know that the conference hasn't even started yet. But I'm just looking forward to the future. I don't have to pick the two good games to go to. I'm going to have a slate of four good games I can go to. Yeah. I think season ticket sales are going to go up. I, I think all around this is for the fans. A great move, and at the end of the day, uh, it'll you know the more fans are into it, the more money's rolling around, the more NIL we get. It's good for everybody. I appreciate you, Vagabond John. Go rest up, please. Yeah, take your pills. I'm I'm going to catch up on suits. I just finished season one yesterday, so we're we're just getting started. It's about to get good. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of waiting for the show to get good, but I, I, I bought in. Well, let's keep, we'll talk. We'll talk more. Go, go watch episodes. Recover. We'll we'll talk more. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. No. Thank you. Appreciate you very much. Calling sports shows high as balls. Let's back up a little bit, okay? Because there's a bunch of angles that I want to hit about Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. I agree with everything that Vagabond John says. I think this is going to be good and entertaining and fun. Now. We're losing a little history. We're losing regionality, if that's even a word. Regionality, I think, is one of the cooler parts of college football. The South feels different, and those matchups feel different. And the West Coast with the Pac-12 feels different. And the ACC, I'm not going to say it feels different. It feels just, it feels like another SEC. But the Big Ten feels very different. The way that a lot of the teams, especially in the West, run the ball and pound the ball. Although Michigan's in the East and Penn State's been able to run the rock and and Michigan State as well. I mean, look at the backs that have come out of some of these schools. With Saquon, uh, with Kenneth Walker, and Michigan, I can't think of any particular back, but they are road graders. They pound the ball. There's a specific brand of football in all of these different corners of the country, united by conferences that have a, a brand in of themselves. That's really cool. And we're losing that. And that sucks. But I want to tell you, I just think that's the tough reality of college sports. This is a tough reality of change. Change is inevitable. Not just in sports, but in life, in music, in television. Change will always happen. Okay? This is the world in which we live. The finances and the politics of college football are demanding this, especially right now, of teams in the Pac-12. This is the world in which we live. You don't have to like it, but this is the world in which we currently live. Twitter is called X. Taylor Swift is the gold standard of live music. All of our political leaders are 80 years old. I don't like it. Okay, there's lots, lots of things that I don't like currently about the way that our world is just like I don't like that college football is losing its regionality and and I think with the with the playoff expanding we will lose a sense of urgency in the regular season which means that Bama Tennessee game is not going to mean as much as it used to or that Utah USC game is not going to be the end-all be-all for the winner and the loser of that matchup and that sucks I don't like it but this is the world in which we live Right. Lil Wayne, for example, he once said, life is a beach. I'm just playing in the sand. Well, this is our beach. Okay. We don't have a boat to go to another beach. We don't have a Jeep to drive somewhere else. This is our beach. And if we're going to be on this beach, we might as well have the comfiest chair and the biggest umbrella. And we might as well have more beers in our cooler than anyone else. And you know what? The Big Ten's cooler is pretty full. And as a fan of a team in the Big Ten, 
all right, if we're all hanging out on this beach and this is the hand that we're dealt, at least my hand is better than the hand of the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and the ACC. I like that. This is the reality that we are forced to exist in as college football fans. We might as well make the most of this reality. And the Big Ten is. The Big Ten is making the most of this. Now, here we can talk about NIL and, and you know, things that we're losing in this newer, progressing version of college sports. This is the question that I always, always, always ask with college sports. Basically, in, in any debate or in any subject that comes up, whether it be college basketball, shoot, it could be college gymnastics. It could be college football. It could be NIL money, whether or not we should pay players, whether or not we should expand the playoffs, right? It, it, it often comes down to this question, and this is the question that college sports fans need to ask themselves and administrators and decision makers. Do we want to make decisions to benefit the masses or do we want to make decisions to benefit the big players? For example, I remember talking about this when Zion Williamson was in college. He's not making any money. He's not seeing any NIL money. He's not being paid by Duke, but he's generating a massive amount of money for Duke, for the NCAA, for the March Madness apparatus and Turner Broadcasting and all of the TV networks that are carrying the tournament. Zion Williamson was worth so much money, and he was not seeing that money that he was worth. But there were so many players in college basketball who weren't worth what Zion Williamson was who were seeing massive benefits. Right. So because there are uh, because there is a Zion Williamson that allows the last player on the Duke bench to go to school for free, to travel with the team, to have that experience because Duke and Zion Williamson are in the tournament. That allows the Vermont Catamounts right all of a sudden to get the tournament experience and to be on TV. Vermont's not worth that much money. The last kid on the bench isn't worth that much money. But because Zion exists and Duke exists, right, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Put it that way. So we could have a college athletic system where, yeah, you know what? The 1% that's actually worth a ton of money, they're not seeing that money, but the system's really good for the other 99%. That is the model in very loose terms and in very abstract terms. I know I'm simplifying it, but that is the model that college sports, especially college basketball and college football, have used forever. And now we're going to the point where, well, no, we want Zion Williamson to get the money that he's worth. We want the one percenters to be able to cash in on their value. And that's great, but that's going to have ramifications. And that's going to change things for the other 99%. That's going to change things for the other sports that don't bring in money. That's going to change things for conferences that are falling behind. All of a sudden, Utah, Oregon, Washington, they're like, we are carrying dead weight in this conference. USC, we're making... a large percentage of the money and it's being distributed out to these colleges who have openly basically admitted that we don't really give a damn about our football program. Why should we carry the load for this conference? We're going to go somewhere else. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We wanted the 1% to get what they were worth. We wanted the players to get their NIL money. We wanted those who were worth money and, and worth endorsements to get what they were. Well, okay, but we've crossed that bridge and that's changing things now. And I think that was inevitable. I think this was always going to happen. And and part of it's the Pac-12. A lot of it is the Pac-12's fault. They didn't have the vision that they needed to build up a network and, and, and to sell their TV rights. Look, the Pac-12 can't get a media deal in a, a period in time in which 
networks are dumping money out of their pockets to pay for any live sports. Like MLS and Apple. Apple's shelling out money to get MLS. No one really cares. I understand you might. Some people do. The masses do not care about Major League Soccer. Right? We're paying for, for Formula One rights. Any live sports rights we can get our hands on. There are sports and leagues with way less prestige and way less interest than college football and way less interest in prestige than even the Pac-12, which is a conference that's fallen behind. They're having no problem getting media deals because these networks cannot spend money on live sports fast enough. That's really the one thing in the linear live cable television model that is still worth a damn is live sports. And the prices reflect it. What the NBA is getting and what the NFL is getting. The NFL is going to price Fox and CBS and NBC right out of the television market. We're going to get to the point where where television rights for the NFL and the NBA are going to get so high that Turner's not going to be able to afford it. And 21st Century Fox and Paramount on CBS, these these linear, more traditional cable models aren't going to be able to afford all this stuff. It's going to go to tech giants. It's going to go to streaming. It's going to go to companies who have massive capital that even the 21st Century Foxes of the world don't have. That's how much money live sports is getting, and the Pac-12 can't get a deal. That should tell you all you need to know. So why should USC hang around? Right? Why should Oregon, why, why should any of these schools hang around? And that's what's been going on in college sports the last couple of years with NIL and with revenue sharing and conferences. The 1% is no longer going to sit around and prop up the 99% if they don't have to and if it's not worth their while. And, and that's why I always bring this up with college sports conversations. Do we want a system that accurately gives the money and accurately gives the shine and the endorsements and the fame to the 1% of players and to the 1% of teams that deserve it? Okay, but that's going to come in a detriment to everybody else. Whereas traditionally the model has been everyone is the same. Now, some players are worth millions of dollars. Some players are worth hundreds of dollars, but you know what? It's going to benefit everyone. It's kind of socialist, actually, in a very abstract, non-concrete way. We're trending away from that. We're trending away from socialism, and we're trending towards a free marketplace, which is great, but that has ramifications. And we're seeing, you know, year after year, we're seeing those ramifications play out in all these different interesting ways, which is why I find college football really interesting. I'm not watching college football all day, every Saturday. I can't do it. I don't have it in me. But the model of the sport and how imperfect it is and the debates around the playoff and whether the playoff should be expanded or not, fascinating is one of the most interesting things we have in American professional sports. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, keep this conversation going. I want to get to the Brewers around 5.30 as well. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to talk Brewers here in about 10 minutes or so. Wrap up the show with about a half hour of Brewers talk. Willie Adamas not in the lineup tonight. Getting the day off. Didn't even get to the ballpark until a little bit ago. So says Kurt Hogue. Adam McCalvey. I'll read you some of the quotes from Willie. Some of the quotes from Craig Council. Just a little bit. Tyrone Taylor's in the lineup. Sal Freelick in center field. Bryce Trang at shortstop. I don't know. Brewers fans, we I was listening to a postgame show yesterday. Heard some good calls. It's a lot of, well, why didn't we play Blake Perkins today? Why didn't we play Tyrone Taylor today? Okay, but if Tyrone Taylor and Blake Perkins would have played, then we'd be wondering, well, why wasn't Zell Freelick out there? 
It's like, man, you just you can move the deck chairs around on the Titanic, but this offense is sinking right now. I don't know if tweaking one bad hitter for another is going to make that big of a difference. Unfortunately, it's a tough reality. Hope that I'm wrong. Hope the Brewers light it up against the Rockies the next couple nights. They have to. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. 608-321-1670. I got a text from Mike in Eau Claire. Uncle Packers trying to get through. Says he can't. Wide open, Mike. I'll watch for your call. 608-321-1670. Talking a little bit about conference realignment in college football. I think college football is the funniest sport. Now, there's so much. Right? That, that's the thing about college football that's very daunting is you really need to be bought in. You need to know a lot about a lot of different things. And you need to watch a lot of games. That's my problem. I follow the, the who should be in the playoff. I follow all the debates about how big the playoff should be and, and if we should have automatic conference bids. And, you know, right now I'm following all the conference realignment stuff because it's interesting. Where you lose me is, well, it's a beautiful Saturday in Wisconsin in October. It's 60 degrees and sunny. The foliage is beautiful. It'd be a great day for a hike. It'd be a great day to go fishing. It'd be a great day to just go outside. And I'm supposed to sit inside at 2 p.m. and watch Ohio State kick the living bejesus out of Maryland? Come on. That's no way to spend a Saturday. There's a lot of bad games in college football. And, and maybe that's a problem that is helped by USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington coming to the Big Ten. We expand the conference schedule so there's more games against teams that aren't Western Kentucky, right? We always have those couple games at the beginning of the year. Feels a little preseason-y, although the Badgers have lost those games in the past to BYU or last year, Washington State. And speaking of Washington State, it sounds like Washington's still going to play Washington State for the Apple Cup. Oregon, Oregon State still going to play for the Civil War. I think some of these rivalries are not going away. It's going to feel less regional, and that sucks. That, that's an especially ridiculous part of college football that I very much enjoy is, is these conferences have their geographical niches, but they also have their own personalities. Like the Big Ten, very academic, very Midwestern, blue collar, and the personality of the towns that these teams play in and, and the personality of the cities and the region, it's reflected in the style of play. That's ridiculous. In a good way. I mean, ridiculous in in, in, an outlandish, awesome way. It's like, well, in the Big Ten, we run the ball and we play slow and we have big offensive lines, right? In the West Coast, they're they're also very academic, but that manifests in different ways. A lot of quarterbacks come out of the West Coast. Very cerebral conference, very aloof conference. We're better than everyone, which is maybe part of the reason the Pac-12 is, you know, falling apart. It's maybe they were a little aloof. Maybe they're a little uh, a little high on their own supply. Well, literally now, because pot's legal out there in most of the states. But right, they felt like, well, we're the Pac-12. It'll just work out for us. Well, it didn't work out for you. And I think that's maybe the funniest part of this transition of Oregon and Washington coming to the Big Ten is I hear so many analysts saying, well, they, f- they fit the Big Ten. State schools, uh, strong academically, smaller towns in Eugene and... Um, why am I spacing on where UW is, where Washington is? But but in in talking about these these multi billion dollar deals that are shaking college football at its core, shaking the sport and the way that conferences and schedules are going to align, and people on sports radio and sports TV are like, well, Oregon and Washington, their personalities fit the Big Ten. Excuse me, we're <laughs> like the the fact that we're even paying attention to that is is why college football is so funny. 
God, I just get such a kick out of that. Well, they fit the Big Ten. Well, they're thousands of miles away, but okay, as long as they're both focused on academics, then sure. They can join the conference, I guess. 608-321-1670. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Ron in Chippewa Falls. Ron in Chippewa Falls. Mike's neighbor. What's going on, Ron? Hey, I was wondering, you know, it seems like these guys come up from uh, the lower the lower uh, leagues and get to the Brewers, up to the big leagues. They hit good for a couple, three, four weeks, maybe uh, yeah. a little bit longer, and then kind of go blah. Yeah. So what about the hitting coach? Nobody says anything about the Brewers hitting coach. Um do we need to make a change there? Well, they got two of them. Should they should they fire them both? I, I think with the youth, Ron, I, I think they come up and, you know, you can see this across sports. Nobody knows anything about Sal Freelick. Nobody knows anything about Bryce Terang. And as soon as they have some at-bats and, and coaches start to get a little bit of a feel for them, then pitchers know how to game plan, right? So then that's, I think, why they yeah. start to tail off after a little bit. And then it's on the hitters yeah. to adjust to the adjustments, right? Then they need to find a way to bounce back, and that's difficult to do. Yeah, it's, yeah just, it's just so frustrating. It is, and, and I think a lot of the rest of the roster, like I, I just don't think Tyrone Taylor is an awesome, consistent hitter, and Willie Adams yeah. much of the same this year. I don't know if that's Matt Arnold's fault or the coach's fault. I I just don't think they're working with awesome offensive players. Yeah, and then and then you got the uh, the the bunting attempts, trying trying to few everybody else. Uh, since last year when, uh, what's his name, Grandal tried to do summer two years ago. Yeah. It's, they just can't move people over. It's like, oh, my God. I am uh, I am not the bunting guy. I am driven a little nuts when I see Bryce Trang swinging for the fence every single at-bat. It's like, yeah. dude, you are fast and small. We need to start rallies. This offense is dead. Can you put the ball in play and, and run, get on base, and steal a base? It, they're all swinging for the fences, and with some of these guys, I get it because they, they make their bones off hitting home runs, but Bryce Trang, especially as a rookie, does not need to be that guy. Yep, yep, I agree. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a big Craig Council guy. I was a big fan of Craig Council, you know, all through the leagues. And, I mean, he the only reason he's a manager is because he was a hit-and-run guy. He was, I mean, the little things, the, the small ball, um, if there wouldn't have been small ball, he'd have, he'd have probably never been in the major leagues for – that long but yeah it's frustrating when you when you see how many guys they leave on base and they can't move them over unless they you know obviously you got yelich and uh, some of the fast guys stealing bases to get over and and uh but that's about the only way to score it's like you know bring bring rod crew uh and have him come in and do a hitting there you go yeah. Put the man on base. <laughs> well, they need more Craig Council like at bats because you know yesterday I was I was at home I was watching with my parents and it felt like every inning hitter number one would come up swinging for the fence trying to do too much get out and then the next hitter would come up do the same the next hit. it doesn't feel like the Brewers offense is connected from at bat to at bat to at bat it feels like a lot of guys going up there and struggling and not playing to set up the guy behind them yep, or behind that guy it's it's not connected at all yeah if you look at if you look at a lot of the runs we score i mean it's almost always with two outs yeah which is yeah, which I mean, is good you need that that clutch two out hitting sometimes but you don't want to have to rely on it right and how many how many runs would you score if, if somebody actually got on base before two outs? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. come on but hopefully they'll hopefully they'll get hot and uh, all the pieces are coming back together with Woody coming back and stuff. 
Um, looking for a run here. So, Woody looked good yesterday. Enjoy the game tonight, Ron. Thanks for the call. You bet. Thanks. Yeah, Ron and Chippewa Falls. Chippewa Falls is kind of showing out. Lacrosse, Madison, slacking a little bit. Chippewa Falls with a lot less people is kind of putting some of our other markets on blast. Appreciate our listeners. Sports Talk 105.1 up in Eau Claire. Look, the good news is Brewers lead the division by a game and a half. They got another easy opponent coming up here. The problem is, is they've played so poorly against the A's, the Rockies, the Tigers. Like, they've left so much meat on the bone against teams that aren't very good. I, I sent a message to Bill earlier today, and I lost where I found it. So bear with me for a sec. I'm going to open Facebook Messenger on my phone. I can give you the number exactly of how much meat the Brewers left on the bone. Before the Pirates series started this weekend, so if we go back to last Thursday afternoon, the Brewers were 2-10 and versus the Rockies, the A's, the Nationals, and the Tigers. They're four of the worst teams in baseball, and they're not taking care of business against the bad teams. And I get it. Baseball is weird. The better team is not always going to win. But that's four series. That's four opponents. That's not one series. That's not one game. That's 12 games I gave you. You went 2-10 and ten against four of the worst teams in baseball. It just sucks to not have those games because now those are games you're going to have to make up against better teams. That's what's tough. Now, every team has good stretches, bad stretches. Brewers are in a little bit of a tough stretch right now. They're still in first place by a game and a half. I was listening to Ebo and Rowdy this morning, and they're talking about, like, this team is cooked. Like, do I have to check this? Day? Yeah, they're still in first place. And I think Evo mentioned that, but, you know, some of the discourse and the conversation coming from callers and, and certain people who are chiming into the show, it's like, yeah, I know yesterday was frustrating, but it's a long season. Still got 50 games left, two months. We're not even to Craig Timber yet. If we get to Craig Timber and it looks like this, maybe then I'll, maybe then I'll start worrying. 608-321-1670, Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We'll wrap up the show with 20 minutes of Brewers Talk or so. We're back here in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. My name is Grant Bills. Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can call and text the show if you'd like. 608-321-1670. Nice call from Ron. Reaching out from Chippewa Falls. Listening on our Eau Claire affiliate. Sports Talk 105.1 WAYY. Some good points about the Brewers offense. It's not as simple as they need to bunt more. It's not as simple as they need a new hitting coach. It's not as simple as Craig Council needs to play Tyrone Taylor instead of Joey Weimer. Oh, let's swap out the guy who's hitting... 195 for the guy who's hitting 200. Okay. Sometimes I listen to Brewers postgame shows and I hear the callers complain and and we make it sound like Craig Council's stashing good bats on the bench every night. Or the thing that I hear a lot from Brewers fans is, well, Craig Council needs to not focus so much on matchups. He needs to play the hot hand. My brother in Christ, who is hot on this team? Who's the hot hand? Who's the hot hand that Craig Council's keeping stashed on the bench? You know, there's nobody. There's not a one. Well, Tyrone Taylor. Tyrone Taylor's been awful this year. And I know he had a nice home run a couple weeks ago. Is that against the Cubs, I think? During that four-game series, the week of the 4th of July. Do I have that right? Might have been the week after the week after the 4th of July. And it might have might have 
bet against the Reds. You know what? Don't listen to me at all. I don't know what I'm talking about, but Tyrone Taylor did have that big late game home run. You know the one I'm talking about. It's the same week that Victor Caratini had a nice home run. I think it was the Reds. Yeah. Anyways, it's not like Tyrone Taylor's been lighting it up. It's not like Blake Perkins or Joey Weimer or Bryce Trang have been lighting it up. None of these hitters are killing it. And as I talked about with Ron, it feels like a lot of these at-bats are disconnected. And it feels like one inning for the Brewers' offense is three very separate, very individual, very disconnected at-bats. First hitter gets up there, probably falls behind 0-2, fouls a couple pitches off, strikes out or pops up. Next batter gets up there, same thing. Next batter gets up there, same thing. It's like there's no connectivity between the leadoff hitter in an inning and the second hitter and the third hitter. I want at-bats building off of the previous at-bat. I want an at-bat that adds something to the at-bat we just had, and it doesn't seem like the Brewers' offense is really capable of that, at least not right now. We'll see how tonight goes. Brewers are 2-10 and ten so far this year against the Tigers, Nationals, Rockies, and Athletics. That is, that is poor. That is quite ass. It would be nice if they could turn that trend around. Why is it always with the Brewers? They play up to their competition. They play down to their competition. I understand baseball is weird, but that's a 12-game sample against four of the worst teams in baseball. You can't go 2-10. 608-321-1670. Let's go to the phones. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? What's up, y'all? Hey. Hey, hey. Charlie. <laughs> What's up, Charlie? Your brother's Marty Joe. Yeah, hey, yeah. Hey. What's going on? For all I care, I think, like now since I said, him and move him back to Atlanta. I used to work at the 300 Club. Okay. I made a line of braids saying, and, and, and yeah, man. Um, and so I, surprise, I bet you're glad your new role at WIV I bet mm. you're glad that. And you don't have to get five full board of work because <laughs> I used to work at the airport. I know what it is. Nice. <laughs> um, but hey, yeah. it's all right. It's all good. We're, I think we're still first. I my computer's out, so nice. started. And, um, Hey, it's all right. Take the take my call, and I'll get it up. Uh, I quit yipping. No yipping at the World Tavern. No yipping. That's why you know I'm just drinking a big dip bump. <laughs> You're damn right, Charlie. Goodbye. Yeah, you, you. Everything you said, no lies there. That was, that was all very accurate. I pre- appreciate. It. I understood like two or three words of that, Charlie. Appreciate you, buddy. Six zero eight, three two one sixteen seventy. Some quotes from Willie Adamas. This is. This is tough. Adam McAlvey, who covers the Brewers. We all know Adam. Adam's the best. Um, Willie Adamas sits. He was told to take a breather and reported to the ballpark just a little while ago. I have some quotes here that I can read you from Willie. Again, this is, if you want to see these, uh, this is on Adam's Twitter account. It says, Willie Adamas says he's tried everything he can uh, to get on a hot streak. He'll feel great for a day or two, then lose it. Says he's happy the Brewers are in first, but knows that if you were hitting, they would be farther ahead. Well, that's the most accurate statement that I've, read this year quote it's been the worst time in my career more from Willie Thomas quote you try different stuff to see what clicks I'm just hoping for that click I feel like I haven't found it haven't been consistent I've been having one good day at the plate and then it just goes away Adam then tweets have there been days Willie Thomas thought he turned a corner yeah and then it goes away it's like come on Sometimes you tell yourself, I don't know what to do, but it's part of the game. The struggles make you stronger. Yeah, and I hate to always bring this up. I feel like a broken record. I reference this a couple times a week. Willie Adams had an awesome week going into the All-Star break. He looked really good. I felt confident in him when he came up in some of those spots. 
I like I was that the week of the fourth of July going into the All Star break again. Don't listen to me. My my time my Brewers timetable after being off last week is warped. But Willie Thomas, I remember really good in that series against the Cubs. I felt a lot, I had a lot of confidence in him when he would come up in bigger spots or with runners on. I felt good, and then he had to take a week off, and it just seems like the unlucky season that he's having is the one week where it seemed that he had any sort of sustained success. It was the week right before the All-Star break, and then he had to sit down. So that sucks, and I do feel for Willie, but he is 100% right that if he was playing at least average baseball, this team would be not running away with the division, but they certainly wouldn't be clinging to a a game-and-a-half lead against the Cubs, who've had stretches of ball that are just awful this year. 608-321-1670. Talking Brewers, welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, this is Rick. Rick, what's going on? Hey, I just like to say I'm I'm I, I love the I love the Brewers, followed them my entire life. Yeah. But let's not uh forget that the only thing that is carrying us through the season is pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can talk about Craig Council being manager of the year, all of this other stuff. It, it, why are we not getting and why we're we not producing runs? Our pitching is doing great. I mean, Woody came in yesterday. We we, we looked all world. Okay, he gave up two home runs, but he did a great job. He was we great. Can't get him any support. Yeah, it was like Burns uh, a couple a couple days ago. He gave up two runs in six innings through 110 or it was like 107 pitches technically. It was good. That's got to be good enough. That that has to be good enough. You need to be able to get six innings, two runs out of your starter, and not feel like you never had a chance in that game, right, Rick? And you know, I don't mean to throw a manager under the bus, but crying out loud, you know, at some point, is it a, is it the assistant coaches, is it a batting coach? What where where are we lacking? Why are we not getting runs? I think it's youth. So Joey Weimer, Sal Freelich, Bryce Trang, they're going to have ups and downs. And then there are guys on this team who are playing expanded roles because Willie Adamas has been poor and Rowdy Telez has been poor and he's injured. So a lot of these players are having to play bigger roles than expected. And, and some of these guys just aren't it, you know, Rick, like I, I just, I, I can't expect Blake Perkins to be a very good major league baseball hitter every day. And I can't expect that from Tyrone Taylor. And that's not really their fault. No, I agree. And I love some of our youth. Some of yeah. our youth is amazing, Yeah, but you know, we need to try to get it done this season. Yeah. And so, you know, um, did we not? You know, I, I, I like the two, two, the, the two moves that we made in the offseason. I like them both. But yeah. did we do enough to make this team better? Well, and the scary thing is, you know, and, and I don't mean to throw cold water on the season. They're a game and a half in first, and they're not even playing great ball right now. I, I think they'll they'll perk up. And they'll play better. And I still think they're going to win this division. But what's frustrating, Rick, is I'm told by writers and experts and announcers, well, if the Brewers can just get in, they have Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. No other team can claim that. But I I watch that every week. I watch Corbin Burns go out there, pitch six innings, give up two runs, and the Brewers' offense not do enough to win. Like, we've seen this scenario play out, and I'm told, well, if they just get in the playoffs, they have the pitcher. Yeah, but they have the pitchers right now. And all too often, even against bad offenses like the Pirates, it's not enough. It's not even close to enough. That game yesterday didn't feel close. 100%. And are we going to have these pitchers next year? Are we going to have all of them next year? I mean, is this the time that we need to make a move? 
you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what's that's what's frustrating about this sustaining success. That, you know, bites at the apple. Yes, it's good to make the playoffs as often as possible, Rick, but Next year, Joey Weimer, Sal Freelick, and Bryce Terang will ideally be a year better and improved. And Garrett Mitchell will be back. But there's a great chance that Corbin Burns isn't here next year. And maybe they trade Brandon Woodruff even. So as soon as you improve somewhere else, you're going to lose somewhere. Or as soon as you improve in one spot, you're going to lose out somewhere else. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul constantly. And that's why the Brewers, I, 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 don't, I don't know. They're never going to go all in. At least they, they basically have told us they're not going to. That's yeah. my biggest problem. I mean, we can't keep this co- we can't keep this pitching staff together forever. Yeah. I mean, we have one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. I think it's been established. But you know, how long can we keep it together before you know um, ne- next season comes along and we don't have it? Yeah, I don't know, Rick. I don't know. Silver lining is there at a game and a half in first place, and that's a problem we don't have to worry I about agree. right now. I agree, and I love the Brewers. Let's go. And oh, yeah. uh, just, you know, want to put my two cents in. So thank you for giving me a chance to oh, be on the air. 100%. Anytime, Rick. Appreciate the call. Have a good night. You too. Rick. I believe that's a first-time caller. I don't know if I recognized Rick. I don't know if I recognized that voice. Uh, let's get one more caller in here real quick, and then we'll take our last break. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on I-90. Eric, what the heck? I was hoping that this was you. I was going to take a break, but it had been so long since I've heard from you. I was starting to worry. Right, it's been a long time. Were you on vacation or something? I know I was gone last week, but it had been a while even leading up into last week. Yeah, I was on vacation the week before. Oh, where'd you go? Lake Wasora. Oh, (laughs) up to our, you probably bummed into Mike up there. We have so many Chippewa Falls callers. Right, I'm kind of a surrogate Chippewa Falls caller because I was there for a week. So, you know, I guess I can kind of count. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a good vacation? I did. It was really nice. I just like being outside. You know, Eric, I'm not a picky guy. I, I like to fish, but part of the reason I love being in Montana is I can just go drink beers and sit outside and look at nice scenery and listen to music. I just want to go relax somewhere else. That's what a vacation should be, right? That's exactly what a vacation should be. And I did the same thing up in Chippewa Falls. Chippewa Falls. Lake Wissota is beautiful. You go to the Liney's Lodge? Uh, I think they're on strike. I think lighting. Is oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we usually do a little brewery tour up there, and um, yeah, they're on strike. So, no, I was out uh, pulling kids on tools. I felt like the twenty-four hours of Le Mans <laughs> out there. I was coming in and I'd have to take a sandwich break every hour. Otherwise, I'd you know collapse. Tip over in the sun. Oh, oh my god. Right. Right. Yeah, it was really great. hot. But anyways, welcome back. Yeah, I was listening last week. I was listening to Bill Michaels' show, mm-hmm. and you know, you, no Grant Bills. I mean, nothing. And I was starting to picture you being like Finger Ames at Pulp Fiction. And I was like, is he over in the corner with a red ball in his mouth? Yeah. You haven't seen that movie, have you? I I know what you're talking about. I have seen that movie. Right. And I was like, I was like, he doesn't have him gag, does he? No. You know. And then then I was listening to the night show, and I'm like, huh. They told me Grant's on vacation, but then they were just replaying people's morning stuff. And I'm like, we got to get somebody in here to cover Grant's time slot. Do you want to do it? 
Boy, I don't know if I could talk for that long. Oh, I, I think you underestimate yourself. But no, I, I don't. I, I didn't even check what was going on from four to six last week. Not that I, you know, I love Ebo and Zach and all my coworkers, but uh, I didn't even right. listen. How about that Bart Winkler? Could we get him in to fill in? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that would. Sure, he's doing CBS. He was doing Zach Gelb last Friday, six to nine or five to nine or whenever that show runs. Right. Is he like way up in the totem pole where you wouldn't get him for your show? Yeah, yeah that's what it is. I think he's going to be on later this week. I think he's coming on with me Thursday from what I checked. Eric, I, I unfortunately got to go in literally like 20 yeah, seconds. Is there anything to, else? Yeah, good to hear from you, bud. We'll talk, we'll talk more. It's going to start getting interesting now. Heck yeah. You know, appreciate, appreciate you, Eric. Yeah, talk to you later, bud. I was genuinely worried. I was like, I hope something didn't happen to Eric. One final break. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, it's all she wrote. We only got about 10 seconds left. God, I was happy to hear from Eric. I genuinely miss that guy. I was worried that he was under the weather. Something happened. Hey, prayers to Vagabond John and his recovery. We'll talk tomorrow at 4.